Guys, let's go ahead and get started. Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 42. I'm, I'm sorry, again, forgive me that I got to lean in so close. I know you don't want to see that, uh, but I can't see the words on the screen because I'm using my phone to do this. Eh? And, and furthermore, somebody pointed out to me at the end of my sermon on Sunday, I asked for constructive criticism and, you know, we had a lot of good feedback. <laughs> One person pointed out, they said, every time that I look down to read, they can see the baldness of my head. They can see through my hair. I'm so, so now that I've pointed that out, that's probably all you're going to see the whole night, right? So I, I don't know, maybe when I read my Bible, I'll just do this so that you don't have to see that. <laughs> it's part of life. And uh, yeah, it happens. What, what, what you going to do? Uh, we're in Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 42, right at the end of that chapter. And the title of this lesson tonight is, is Fountain of Youth. And I hope you see and understand why I've given it that title. Now, usually when you talk about the Fountain of Youth, you know, you're thinking of something like Ponce de Leon, I think it was, that went to f find that fountain that he could drink from and then keep his youth forever. So don't worry, this is nothing like that. I'm sure you'll remember, uh, you will remember, and, and please feel free as we go through this, if you agree with something or you do understand, help me out in the chat section with an amen or a shop just so that I know we're all on the same page. But in James chapter 3, the Bible talks about how we use our mouths and how the tongue um, can be, uh, uh, it is such an influential instrument. But James talks about the tongue at, or, and the mouth in general as a fountain. And he says, you know, you, you can't have salt water, fresh water, sweet and bitter coming from the same fountain. So that fountain of youth, I'm talking tonight especially about something you can say or do with your mouth in the next three weeks that might be very profitable during this whole lockdown period. So Matthew 10, verse number 42 Jesus said, And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. Now, I'll tell you something that's encouraged me greatly over the last few days, last week or so. Ever since this lockdown was announced, people have been asking, what can we do during this time to continue to get the gospel out and to continue to serve the Lord? That is a wonderful question to hear uh, as a pastor. You know, when you have members that are engaged like that, concerned about reaching souls. And, and this week we had a chance to do that. We, we took special care packages to the hospitals and really, I think, made a difference. In this verse, we, we read about taking a cup of cold water to somebody. And Jesus says, even a little thing like that, you will not lose your reward. What can you do during this lockdown period to help somebody else, to be a refreshing presence in somebody's life when you're not allowed to leave the house? I want to give you a few ideas about that tonight. So uh, in just a second, we're going to turn to Proverbs, but I would ask that if you're watching, would you bow your heads with me and, and let's pray and let's ask God to help us and show us something from these verses tonight. Father, we do thank you and appreciate this time to be together, I think. It's, it's different, Lord. It feels so different. 
but uh, you don't change. You're, you're the same, and thank God where two or three are gathered together in your name, you can be in the midst, even if it's through technology. Lord, I do pray that you'd use this time tonight. I pray that you'd speak to all of our hearts and show us, God, how we can use this fountain, this mouth of ours, to refresh somebody's soul during this trying time. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so come with me to Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25. And I'm going to run with that idea of a cup of cold water. And I think what Jesus was trying to get across there, it's not that rewards are limited to cups of cold water. It's the idea that doing the smallest of things for the smallest of people, right? I mean, he's referring to children there. Even those things, you will not lose your reward if you do it for the right reasons, you do it the way God told you to and, and all of that. So in, in Proverbs 25, I think we can see, start to see an opportunity for us to be a help to somebody. It might be something small, but God is not uh, unrighteous to forget our labor of love, right? He, he, he pays attention to those kind of things, even the small things. Proverbs 25, 25, it says, As cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Now, in a time of lockdown, I'm, I can see out my window right now, there's my neighbor. I can see the neighbor on the other side of my house. I see people, of course, when I chat with them on the phone sometimes if I'm using whatever app allows me to do that. But when you're not allowed to get out of your house, move around in public, meet with people, socialize in that way, especially when you're used to doing it, it, it makes the distance between us feel even greater. So when we read in verse 25, good news from a far country, you know, just the other side of town. Potch is a small town, but the other side of town right now feels like a far country because I'm not allowed to go there. But the idea in this verse is cold waters to a thirsty soul. That's refreshing. That man needs a drink. And... That thirsty man getting that cold water, he uses that as an illustration of somebody getting good news from a far country. Now, take your Bible, look at Job chapter 4. Job chapter 4. I know something I set out to do this week has, I believe, been a help. At least that's what people have told me. I've tried to make a lot of phone calls this week to... I've tried to reach everybody in our church, um, everybody that I have contact details for. In one way or another, I've tried to reach out to them and just ask how they're doing, especially the ones that are in town, right, that I might be able to help if, if there's something that comes up in the next three weeks. But in the midst of calling all of these people, sorry if you can hear the dog in the background, nothing I can do about that. In the midst of calling all these people, it, it reminded me just a quick phone call to encourage someone and let them know, hey, I'm, I'm praying for you, thinking about you during this time, just want you to know that you're not forgotten. There have been a number of people that have really, it seems as if that it made a difference in their, in their day. And I am reaching out to you, students, 
I want to, I, I want to take advantage of this free time that you now have. And I realize you might have some other plans, but during these 21 days, if, if I can encourage you to reach out to some of the other people in our church and use this fountain and send a message, it can't even be an SMS, a WhatsApp, a text message of some sort, but just to encourage somebody with your words, to use this fountain to be a blessing and refresh somebody. In Job chapter 4, look at verse 4. Job 4 and 4, this is Eliphaz talking to Job, and he says, Thy words have upholden him that was falling, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. I need not tell you that there are a lot of people that feel as if they're falling, they're caving under this pressure, and a lot of people with feeble knees, they're scared. That's, that's just a, a poetic way of referring to somebody who's, who's very scared. And Eliphaz is acknowledging that Job, what he did is, is, what Job is known to do, was to reach out to people who were in a bad way and encourage them with his words. So that's what I'm asking you to do, to strengthen somebody, to uphold somebody during this time. Keep in touch with somebody. Now I'm going to narrow this somebody down for you in just a moment. So take your Bible, let's come to Jeremiah chapter 38. Jeremiah chapter 38. Jeremiah chapter 38. And we're going to look through this story of a man named Ebed-Melech, or Ebed-Melech, you could say it either way. But the, the story starts off with Jeremiah being thrown into a dungeon. So bear with me, we got a few names to look through. Here, Jeremiah 38 and verse 1. It says here, Then Shephatiah the son of Matan, and Gedaliah the son of Peshur, and Jukal the son of Shelemiah, and Peshur the son of Malchiah, heard the words that Jeremiah had spoken unto all the people, saying, Now here was, this was the message. Thus saith the Lord, He that remaineth in this city, speaking about Jerusalem, shall die by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence, which uh, I think you know by now that a pestilence is a plague. It's a pandemic. It's pretty much what we're going through to an, to an extent just now. So Jeremiah is warning them, if you stay in Jerusalem, you're going to die one way or the other. Now, of course, this was a punishment from God because they had rebelled for several years at this point. And he goes on to say, but he that goeth forth to the Chaldeans shall live. For he shall have his life for a prey and shall live. So the Babylonians and the Chaldeans, that was all one. They were working together, both of those people groups. And they were coming and attacking. Jeremiah says, guys, you're not going to overcome this enemy. This, this is a, a destruction, a punishment from God. Submit to it. If you go with the Babylonians, then your life will be spared. If you try to stay here and tough it out, it's not going to work. You're going to be overcome. Now, Jeremiah is just being honest with them, right? That's probably not what the people of Jerusalem wanted to hear, but it was true. It is what they needed to hear. So in verse 3, thus saith the Lord, he says, This city shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which shall take it. Now, 
please understand, I'm not reading this passage and trying to make a connection directly to what we're going through. I am not saying that Jeremiah's message of destruction is also applicable now and that we're all going down. There's nothing we can do. I, that is not what I'm saying at all. I don't feel that way about this situation. Uh, so stick with me. There is a, a deeper point I'm trying to bring out here. In verse 4, Therefore the princes said unto the king, We beseech thee, let this man be put to death. For thus he weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remain in this city, and the hands of all the people, in speaking such words unto them. Notice that they realize that just through his preaching, he was able to weaken a nation. The opposite is true. If you say the right things, use your mouth correctly, you can strengthen a nation. Jeremiah, was he weakening them? He was telling them the truth. He was trying to save their lives by telling them how to handle the crisis that was going on. Truth should never weaken us. Truth allows us to properly handle the situation that we're going through. So he says at the end of verse 4, In speaking such words unto them, For this man seeketh not the, wealth, uh, the welfare of this people, but the hurt. They didn't see the preacher's true motives. He was trying to help. It was just a message that the people didn't want to hear. It wasn't a very politically correct message. In verse number 5, Then Zedekiah the king said, Behold, he is in your hand. For the king is not he that can do anything against you. If I can just say, Zedekiah was a wimp. That's not true. The king is the one man that could have spared Jeremiah from going to the dungeon. He should have stood up to the people and said, you, you can't throw this man in a prison just because he said these things. Matter of fact, earlier on in the book of Jeremiah, they'd already dealt with this. Jeremiah had been threatened. His life had been threatened because he was preaching stuff as this. And the people said, other prophets preached like this and it helped the nation, so why don't we listen? So I, it's a shame. It's a shame to see somebody in a position of authority and not use it properly. That's beside the point. But verse 6, Then took they Jeremiah and cast him into the dungeon of Malchiah, the son of Hamalek, that was in the court of the prison. And they let down Jeremiah with cords. And in the dungeon there was no water. Now remember where we started off, Matthew 10. You give a cup of cold water and you get a reward. Then we looked at Proverbs 25. Cold waters to a thirsty soul is, is just like good news from a far country. Your words, in, encouraging words, they can strengthen, they can uphold that person with the feeble knees and somebody who's falling. Jeremiah is put into a dungeon and it says there was no water, there was no encouragement, but mire. So Jeremiah sunk in the mire. So this is just... You can, a bunch of slime. It's a slime pit. And he, his feet are sinking. He's not able to move. He's restricted in his movement. Now, think of it. I want you to, to try to grasp the entire setting here of what's going on. In verse 2, that whole city is in trouble, right? There's famine. There's war. There's pestilence. Everybody's in a crisis. Right? Everybody's having a tough time. What was happening in Jerusalem was affecting everyone. That, 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 part, that part rings true for now, uh, for, for our situation. 
what's happening in South Africa, it is affecting them in a more dire way. And we all know that the people who are, are at the greatest risk of getting sick or dying from coronavirus, from COVID-19, are the elderly people, people with underlying health conditions. Now, as we're, we learn more and more as the days goes on about how this virus can affect anyone of any age, and, and I don't mean to make, uh, to, to make light of other people suffering with it, but the elderly are at the highest risk. risk. That is where I'm trying to draw all this together. Jeremiah, while everybody's going through the crisis, things got even worse for him. His movements are restricted. There's no water. He is at the highest risk of dying more than anybody else because now he's in a dungeon, right? Just physically speaking, he's, it's as bad as it can be. So I'm, I just want to use Jeremiah as to stand in the place of those at the highest risk, and that would be the older folks that we are used to fellowshipping with. That's who I want to focus our attention on. And if I could enlist the help of you students, I would really love to see you guys reach out to some of the elderly folk. So sorry for the dogs. I don't know what they're barking at. There shouldn't be anybody out. Um, but I would love to see you students reaching out to some of the older folks in our church and trying to encourage them in this time. And I've already asked Janae to have their information ready. There's several of, of, of uh, several elderly folks in our church, elderly couples. You can contact Janae, contact Armand, and say, just give me the details for uh, somebody or for one of these couples and start sending them messages. Ask them how they're doing. Just strike up conversations with them. Let them know that you're praying for them. Ask, ask them specifically what you can pray about. All those kind of things. Taking that refreshing cold water, those encouraging words, into a dungeon where they're restricted, uh, the movements are restricted, and there is no water to be found. Now watch verse 7. Verse 7. Now when Ebed-Melech, Ebed-Melech, do you know what that word means, that name? Malek is the Hebrew word for king. Ebed is the word for servant. So Ebed-Melech, this is the servant of the king. Servant of the king. And I hope that your desires like mine. We want to be servants of the king of kings. So think of it in those terms as we read this. Now when Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, one of the eunuchs, which was in the king's house. This man's a eunuch. Now, Strangely enough, you see several times how Ethiopian eunuchs show up in the Bible. Um, you, you know there's, there's a famous story of one in the New Testament in Acts chapter 8. But as I read this one, I, it, the, the thought hit me today as I read this story. A eunuch has no carnal responsibilities as far as a marriage goes, right? That's part of being a eunuch. He, the reason that men were taken in and made eunuchs in this situation was so that they could devote themselves completely to the king. Completely. They were at the king's disposal all the time. They didn't have any other distractions. Guys, right now, usually you're busy with schoolwork. And I, again, I'm sure that there's other things you have planned to do or need to do in this time. But you may not have as, as heavy a load as you normally would have with all the classes and everything going on. 
So this is your chance without all those secular entanglements and just worldly affairs, just the things, the things that you have to normally take care of. You might have a little bit of extra time to reach out to Jeremiah. So he says, one of the eunuchs, which was in the king's house, heard, verse 7, heard that they had put Jeremiah in the dungeon. The king then sitting in the gate of Benjamin. Verse 8, Ebed-Melech went forth out of the king's house and spake to the king, saying, My lord the king, these men have done evil in all that they have done to Jeremiah the prophet, whom they have cast into the dungeon. And he is like to die for hunger in the place where he is, for there is no more bread in the city. Now notice... The whole city's feeling it. But Ebed-Melech realizes there is somebody feeling it even more, and that is Jeremiah. Let me also point out the picture in all of this. Ebed-Melech, the servant of the king, he went and talked to the king about doing something for that person who was suffering the most. This is a picture of you and I as servants of Jesus Christ going to the king of kings in prayer and praying for those people that are stuck in that dungeon, restricted movements, no water, and likely to die. high likelihood of death, right? If they were to, God forbid, come down with what's going around. This is our chance to follow the example of Ebed-Melech in prayer. Now verse 10, he says, Then the king commanded Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Take from hence thirty men with thee, and take up Jeremiah the prophet out of the dungeon before he die. So the king's command is, go get some help and get this man out of the dungeon. This is precisely why I wanted to have this live stream with you students tonight. I could, and I have this week, I, I called all these older folks and I asked them, is there anything we can do? I asked them, uh, can we bring you something? Can we pick up groceries for you? Can we get medicine for you? Anything. And the, the offer stands for any of them. But now I'm reaching out. I'm, I'm getting, I don't know if I can get 30, right? I, I, I see I got not quite that, not even half that many watching. But we'll, we'll get as many people involved as we can to reach out to these people in need. Verse 11, so Ebed-Melech took the men with him and went into the house of the king under the treasury. Now the treasury was like a massive closet that held a lot of things among those things were old garments and uh, blankets, various uh, fabrics, cloths that they didn't use anymore. All that stuff was found in the treasury. So he says he went into the house of the king under the treasury and took thence old cast clouts. A clout is just like a, a, a fabric, a material of some sort. Old cast clouts and old rotten rags and let them down by cords into the dungeon to Jeremiah. And Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian said unto Jeremiah, Put now these old cast clouts and rotten rags under thine armholes, under the cords. And Jeremiah did so. He, instead of just lowering the cord and saying, Grab on, he goes to the treasury. He goes out of his way to go to the treasury, get these old rotten rags, so that he can make the cord a little more comfortable. Right? Just... just as you put the cord around your arms, around your, your, under your arms here, put the rags around it so it's a little more comfortable. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make their situation a little bit more comfortable and lift them up. Um, in this case, physically, they were lifting him up. That's what we want to do.
for these people that are at high risk. In verse 13, so they drew up Jeremiah with, uh, with cords and took him up out of the dungeon and Jeremiah remained in the court of the prison. Let me point something else out at the end of verse 13. This did not completely fix Jeremiah's problem. He was still under arrest. He was no longer stuck in the dungeon. I, I don't want to make you think that just by sending an SMS or a phone call, this is going to fix coronavirus. This is, this is the answer to everything. It's not like that. We, we understand that. This is maybe just that cup of cold water that helps somebody get through the next three weeks. It's going to improve the situation. Uh, if you can, just go to the next chapter, chapter 39. I want you to see how this story ends up for Ebed-Melech. Now, Jeremiah, he comes back up. There's plenty more to that story, and, and it's just outside the scope of what we're talking about tonight, so we'll skip that for now. But look at chapter 39 and verse 15. Chapter 39 and verse 15. It says here, Now the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah while he was shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Go and speak to Ebed-Melech the Ethiopian, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring my words upon this city for evil and not for good, and they, they shall be accomplished in that day before thee. But I will deliver thee in that day, saith the Lord, and thou shalt not be given into the hand of the men of whom thou art afraid. God, now this is God's promise to Ebed-Melech. Because he took time to help somebody that was at high risk, God took notice of that. And while God is bringing this punishment on that nation, God said, Ebed-Melech, everybody else is going to really suffer this, but I, I am going to protect you. Now again, I want to be careful. I'm not saying that because you reach out and help somebody uh, and encourage them with your fountain, with your mouth, this is going to protect you from the virus. I'm not trying to make that conclusion. But I do want you to see what, you, what I can definitely say. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love. He sees what you're doing and you will be duly rewarded in due time. So he says in verse 18, For I will surely deliver thee, and thou shalt not fall by the sword, but thy life shall be for a prey unto thee, because thou hast put thy trust in me, saith the Lord. Ebed-Melech, he took a chance going to the king and standing up for the preacher. But it paid off. It was the right thing to do. Now, what I'm asking you to do, to reach out to one of the older folks in our church and keep in touch with them and encourage them, it's not as great a sacrifice even as what Ebed-Melech did. What this is going to cost you is time, genuine concern. It's going to cost you a little bit of effort in prayer, but God's going to see it. And it'll mean something to, to that Jeremiah you're ministering to, and it'll mean something to the Lord. Uh, you, and the Sadduc Sadducees and Pharisees, they had a, a bit of an argument, and Paul... It was just a mess when he tried to speak to the high priest there. And Paul sitting alone in his prison cell, and the Bible says, in that night the Lord came to him. Now, he's isolated. I don't know if you want to call that quarantine, but he's, he's stuck in his prison all by himself, and the Lord shows up and says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. And he promises Paul, I'm going to get you to Rome. Paul needed that little bit of encouragement. Now, all of us, as we're isolated, 
we need to be looking and sh shutting the door, right? Go into that closet, shut the door, and pray to the Father in secret, spending that time with the Lord, allowing Him to show up to, and, and, and manifest Himself to us privately, individually. These elderly folks we want to reach out to, we expect that they are also reaching up to the Lord, waiting for His face to shine upon them. Do you know how that story goes on in Acts 23? The next day, a group of men, a band of Jews, they make a commitment that they won't eat until Paul's dead. But Paul's nephew overheard the story, went and told Paul. Paul went and got the jailer and said, let this little boy talk to the, to the police chief. And it was because of that that Paul got moved from one place to the next and it essentially saved his life. It was that little boy, that young man, bringing the message, giving Paul some good news while he was in isolation, while he was all alone. The Lord showed up, yep, and here comes a little boy with a metaphorical cup of cold water to say, Paul, uh, I heard this, and now we can do something about it. That must have been so encouraging, so encouraging. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bible to one more place. Psalm chapter 119. Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And this is going to get interactive just for a moment. The Bible said, I want you guys, if you're used to coming to our Sunday school class in church, then you know how this goes. I'm going to read you guys a verse. And if you can, type into the chat section where, where this verse is found. But I think it's an appropriate verse for what we're talking about the, this afternoon. The Bible says, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head. That's white hair. White hair. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. Now, we have a few people watching. Does anybody know where that verse is, is found? It, and whether you know where the verse is or not, it's still a great verse. It's, it doesn't directly link into what I'm trying to teach you tonight. Uh, I'm just curious if anybody is familiar with that verse. I'm going to give you a second while I get some water. Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. A anybody want to type that in where that's found? This is the same chapter, the same chapter. There's a verse that says, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Does that help anyone? Now, I know we find that love your neighbor as yourself in several places, but this is the first time it's stated directly like that in the Bible. I'll tell you what, we'll come back to that. If you can think of it, as I go on with the lesson, feel free to type it into the chat section. But it's still a good verse, right? Show some respect to the older folks. This is a great time to do that. Great time to do it. Psalm 119, and I'm just going to show you this verse and, and finish up tonight. Psalm 119, verse 28. It says, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to unto thy word. So David, when he felt the pressure, 
just of life. And David, if you know his story, he did feel a lot of pressure. He said, God, when I'm feeling that pressure, strengthen me with your word. So I'd like to give you some advice for reaching out to the, to the older folks. Please contact Janae. Please get the details, get a name, get a phone number. And as you reach out to these folks, introduce yourself. Maybe you already know them, maybe you don't. But each time you reach out, prayer for, prayerfully, prayerfully reach out to them and say, God, show me a verse that I can share with this person that will strengthen them. Maybe their soul is melting for heaviness. And Lord, I want to know exactly what part of the good news, what part of your word can I give to them that will refresh them? Now, each time you do it, you can share a verse with them. They, they can flip to that, find encouragement in God's word. But there are also things you can tell them personally. There are questions you can ask them. Uh, ask them for advice while you have their attention, while you're chatting back and forth through text messages or over a phone call. Uh, get to know them. Ask them some questions about marriage. Right? These people have uh, the blessing of experience. They've been through it. Maybe they, maybe they can tell you some things not to do. They maybe can share with you some, some uh, lessons they learned the hard way so that you don't have to learn them the hard way. Ask them about marriage. Ask them about raising children. Ask them about career choices. Uh, ask them about dealing with difficulties and friendships. Ask them what they think about this entire situation. They might have a, you know, with the coronavirus and the lockdown, they might have a completely different perspective than, than you would expect. You know something else you can provide for them? By reaching out to them, giving them an encouraging word, telling them that you care, praying for them, sharing a verse with them. Here, here's one other thing you can do. Just listen. Just listen. Just being there for that person, letting them, let's say, pour out their heart to you. Ask them questions and then just take it in. Sharing your time with them is really going to make a difference. So I hope this has been a help to you. This is all that I had prepared. Um, I hope I'm doing this correctly because this is only my second try at live streaming. So I hope everybody's been able to hear it okay. I hope... The video held up. We've been having problems with our internet connection here at the house, so I, I hope I didn't lose you at some point through, through, uh, through the lesson. For those of you that are interested, the verse that I gave you was Leviticus 19 and verse 32 that talks about uh, honoring the face of the old man. So please, as soon as you can, even now, even now, as soon as we're done, we're going to close in prayer, and then I'll shut down the live stream if you can, contact Janae Armand, get the details, and even tonight, reach out to some of those uh, elderly folks in our church. I would really appreciate it. They would appreciate it, and, I, and I'm sure the Lord will recognize it as well. Father, thank you for allowing us to have some time uh, to, to look into the Word of God. I do pray, God, that you would bless the Word now. You said that your Word doesn't return void. Lord, I, I am concerned about what's going on around us. I'm concerned about how it affects everyone. Everybody has, Lord, maybe it's a health issue, maybe it's economics, maybe you know, they're just questions and people are scared. For these students, Lord, calm their hearts. And, and Lord, maybe this time of 
reaching out to other people's uh, other people and helping them maybe this will stabilize the hearts of these young folk but lord for all of us please give us grace we need it help us in this time help us to make use of every minute of this unique and, and strange situation please father we do ask for your protection we know that you are gracious and merciful and you can you can keep a virus away from people we know that and we're asking for that special protection god please we don't want to be reckless help us to be smart but please protect us lord thank you for letting us spend this time together tonight in jesus name amen amen all right guys i hope it's helped and we'll see you lord willing sunday morning at 11 o'clock